All righty, sir, or madam. Let's go ahead and move on to the fifth segment of um, this episode, uh, season six, episode 18, with true res crime solved cases. I shouldn't have labeled it like that, but oh well. This is number five, withheld information. This segment is about exploring the possibility of missing and murdered Navajo cases that might have been solved faster if investigators shared information with the res public and why it might be the best option to do so. So that is, um, you know, well, obviously it's a, it's a double-edged sword because if the, if the, if the investigators share these type of information they give the, um, the, the guilty party, the, the killer, the murderer, they give them an opportunity to evade them and, um, you know, avoid capture by knowing what's been put out there in public. But at the same time, it's kind of a, a good gamble to do that because then the public is aware of who is the, the person, the suspect, you know, the person of interest. And, you know, if that person of interest is guilty of the crime, then, you know, they'll be um, hiding out. But if they're innocent, I think, you know, more than likely they will come forward and say, hey, dude, that wasn't me, man. I, I didn't mess with this person. I was there, but I didn't kill them, you know. So on that note, you know, that's where these rumors, they kind of start building up. And that's where I try not to really, you know, get too too much involved in what goes on. But lately, Clagato, since I've moved back over here, um, let's start with the year 2015 up till now, 2023. In that expanded amount of time, or in that amount of time, actually, it's not expanded, but um, there, I think there have been about 20 murders that have happened. Some of them, I think they are disguised as, you know, some of these, um, some of these guys freezing to death by getting drunk. But right there, that makes, that kind of lets me know more, more or less that that is planned. It's premeditated. Um, let's, let's, let's use me, for example. Let's say I hung out with this asshole that is suspected of killing his brother on a wheelchair and his dad, who was hard of hearing. Let's say I wanted to get rid of him. I wanted to kill him, but I know his weakness is alcohol. And I would tell him, all right, hey, dude, let's go hang out this weekend. Yeah, let's go get some beer and we'll get drunk. And my intentions right there is to get him so drunk that he'll, he'll pass out in the cold. And I just walk away and let him freeze to death and he dies, you know, like that. So in order to do that, you know, there's a lot of... um premeditation that would go on where I would have to find a location where nobody would find us. I would have to research what type of alcohol would, you know, put him to sleep pretty much. And then I would have to disguise the drinking part where I wouldn't get drunk. So that way it'd be easier for me to walk away. And, um, and then now let's let's sprinkle some voodoo in there. Let's say I had some magic dust where I would make him lose his memory. And I'd say, 
hey man, go, go walk out that way and go look for my car, you know? And so he takes off and I blow magic death dust on him or something. And he just keeps walking and walking and walking and he's getting cold, but into him, it's getting hot. So he starts taking off his jacket and his extra shirt. And, you know, then he's like getting tired. He's like, oh man, I need to lay down. When this whole time, his body is like pretty much blue. So then he lays down in the snow, passes out and guess what? He's dead. He's frozen. And then I walk away like, ha ha, I killed him. And then later on, you know, I'm listening out and here the uh, community says, oh, this guy, you know, he, he drank himself to death. I guess he was like really depressed and, you know, he couldn't take it anymore. So he, he drank himself to death and he's got, um, you know, they found his body over there. He was just wandering around. He took off his clothes and that's how he died. You know, hypothermia. There we go. So anyways, it's just stuff like that. When that happens, that's where I'm thinking it's all premeditated, bruh. You know, all these um, frozen Navajo glani popsicles that they would find, you know, somebody was there to influence them to, this is what I'm thinking. Somebody was there to influence them to lay down, take a nap, rest up, uh, or go home, knowing that this person was going to go pass out somewhere and freeze to death. So that's where I, um, you know, that's where, like I said, it's, it's premeditated murder. So with that being said, I'm trying to, what I'm also trying to say about it is that, um, the cases of, um, Warren, uh, not Warren, <laughs> what the hell is it? Oh shit. I forgot their name. The Warrens. Um, oh shit. The, the, um, the paranormal investigators. Damn, I can't believe I forgot their names. Isabel Warren and... Oh, fuck, man. Oh, anyways. So they were put on trial to defend... Um, I think it was Leo DeFeo Jr. when he killed his family. And um, they were trying to prove a case that, you know, devil... Nah, demons do exist. And... It can be used in the court of law as a reason why someone kills their family because they're under the influence of evil when uh, alcohol and drugs can also be used as a reason why someone goes crazy and kills their family members. So that's where, you know, I'm trying to trying to unite those two subjects together, but uh, I kind of did a shitty job. But um, anyways, so when these, um, when these things get... Um, information gets held off. Um, yeah, I kind of wish we would gotten kind of at least get some, some type of information like, oh, well, this person's in the community and they are there. They are a suspect in this murder because, you know, they, of the way they are, you know, but I, I know that, uh, you know, there's some people with some mental disabilities that can be construed as, you know, like serial killers, like, um, like, uh, Ed, not Ed Gein, um, ah, oh, fuck, what was his name? Um, the hitchhiker from, uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and from 1974, um, you know, when you watch that DVD, the special features, um, damn, I can't remember his name either, man. Anyways, um, shit, I had his name right there until COVID's fat ass started barking. Um, but anyways, he was saying that he based that character off of one of his uh, nephews 
who kind of has like that slight twitch and he, you know, he shakes and he kind of, kind of gives everybody that weird look. And he's like, looks like he's smiling, but he also kind of looks like really like devious. And it's like, oh shit, is this guy going to be a killer? You know? So that's where he goes, you know, he, he scares the, he scares the shit out of people when he comes up to them like that, you know, and his nephew talks to these people. And um, so he based that character off his nephew, but and then on that interview, he was saying, but we're always getting that call that, oh, your nephew, he's up here. He shot 16 people in Laredo, you know, come get him, you know. So, you know, he's kind of joking about that. But, um, you know, for the most part, um, you know, yeah, like labeling people, you know, yeah, I, I kind of understand how that really wouldn't fly. But if there really is a serial killer on the loose, let's say for Clagato, then that's something I think, that's just my thoughts, is that the FBI and the law enforcement people should let the public know, hey, look, beware of this dude, you know, or beware of this lady, because there are also some Navajo ladies that have been uh, going to trial lately. Uh, one of them ran over some dude, another one did like a hit and run. Um, it's in the newspapers. I, I'm not going to really go over all that again, but... Um, that's where I'm just, you know, saying that um, with uh, withheld information from law enforcement, it, you know, it's it's kind of, it sucks, but I also understand why they do it. But, um, and then on the other hand, when the public withholds information, then you get in trouble. You know, you're, you're withholding information from the police or you're lying to the FBI or whatever. And, um, that's where another example coming from that, from Clagato, is years ago, there's this asshole, Lathaniel. He was, um, I think he raped his niece before. And then uh, he was also, he's just, he was just a really big asshole, you know. He was scrawny little bastard, you know. Oh, man, I, I wanted to beat him up a few times. I should have, but I just kind of you know, was looking out for his mother because I didn't want his mother to say, oh, look, you know, talking to my mom saying, oh, your son beat up my son for no reason. Uh, my son's the only one who helps me and uh, I'm going to press charges on your son, you know. And the thing with this asshole is that, you know, he, he abused his mother and father. His mother, she had a, um, like some type of operation on her stomach. And what does this asshole go and do? He grabs her and he throws her against the wall because he wanted like the truck keys and she wouldn't give it to him. So he got the truck keys off of her. He took off and he brought the truck back with like a busted headlight and flat tire and, you know, scratched up grill, busted grill, cracked window, all kinds of shit like that, you know. So that's that was another terrible thing where when that lady and her husband, they showed up over here because they were in their 80s and 90s too, you know. And they were talking to my mom and they were saying they were hiding out from their son because he was going crazy. And I'm like, isn't this the asshole you were just protecting earlier, you know. But that just kind of goes to show how the mentality is out here on the reservation. Protect me from this person when they're violent, angry, scary, and deadly. But... Don't call the cops on them because they're my blood, my family, my child. I still love them, you know. So it's really like a twisted thing right there. So in the end, you know, this asshole, he ended up, um, 
hauling ass on that greasewood road and and then he was on a dirtboard washboard washboard road. I don't know how fast he was going, 70, 80, 90, whatever. Now apparently the truck fishtailed and it spun out of control somehow. It flipped. I don't know, I guess his window was down and his seatbelt wasn't on. The gravitational force pulled him out, slammed him on the road, and the truck came down and crashed his fucking melon head like a little tiny uh like a little tiny pinata. Boom! Splattered his brain on the dirt road and the truck fell into the ditch. So the neighbors right across because he was close to the highway, so the people live around that area, they heard all that, they saw the dust coming up, so they walked over there. And they, 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 they saw his uh, pedophile body laying there with his uh, head crushed and busted open, you know. So I was like, good, you know, that's what he gets. And then about, I'd say about two years later, his mother finally died. And then I think last year, his father finally died. So anyways, all that, you know, protecting the pedophiles, you know, that it's just really interesting to me why some people would do that. And um, I seen a post on Facebook one time where it said something about families protecting the monsters in the family. And it was, you know, it was about pedophiles. And I was like, yeah, damn, why do families do that, man? You know, it's, you know, it doesn't make anything better. You know, from what I've seen, excuse me, there's a lot of families that I'm sure that are out there that have been assaulted by sexually assaulted and raped by someone in their family that knows they can get away with it because mommy and daddy's not going to press charges on them and you know they, they could be raping their sister or their little brothers and you know they're going to be getting away with it because everybody's too afraid to say something they're afraid of the backlash so that's where this podcast comes in handy you know where i i've been trying to promote like a true crime podcast but there's like i said there's not that much we can do on the res because a lot of this information is class, not classified, but it's like being withheld by the law enforcement so that it doesn't ruin their case, you know. But uh, if there was any way, you know, for anybody to do a uh, true crime podcast for the Navajo Nation, I think that would be awesome, man. It's going to piss off a lot of families, but you know what? It's public information and it's about time to start saying something rather than constantly being quiet. Um, I haven't seen much um, progress from silence. The only ones who make a difference are those that are willing to get out there and and voice their concerns. But anyways, yeah, so that, that was my little, my little rant on um, withheld information. So let's go ahead and uh, jump on to the last segment of the night. This one's going to be MMIW versus defunded police. And uh, if I got a chance, I'm going to read the little newspaper article. All righty. Stand by. Stand by. 